So I really like like the top hat sort of style. I know that's broad, but you know, sort of if you think of like Stevie Nicks, that's that's my style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also in when I was in at FIT learned about the 30s and 40s, which was it's quote unquote the heyday of the hat. Yeah. So um, the blocks back then were spectacular. Um, you know, they were very sculptural. The block makers were artists. Um, and so trying to marry sort of a modern look, but using old techniques. Today I'm talking to the hat designer, Chacha, from Chacha's house in New York. Hi, Chacha. It's so great to meet you here on Zoom. Hi, Petra. Thank you for having me. And you are in New York. Correct. Yes. Tell me about your wonderful hat um, designs and your your business. Um, are you in your shop at the moment or your your studio? Well, my studio is downstairs. I have a unique space here in New York. It's um, a brownstone from the 1800s that um, is actually serves as a rectory of St. Mary's Church. And I work with the priest here. Um, We're friends and he does his own line of clothing as well. So I help him out with that. And in return, he let me rent a space, the other part of the space down in the sort of like garden apartment of the brownstone. Um, Which So right now I'm just sitting in this library, which you can kind of see how old and beautiful it is. Um, But my studio is downstairs. Maybe at the end, I'll just take you around for a tour. That would be great. Yeah. But my staff is down there and I just figured the noise factor would be um, (laughs) better up here. (laughs) Yeah. But Chacha, um, you have such a great story. I read on your website um, about how you got into hat making and, and you're talking about finding your tribe and finding the people that that also get what you're doing. But what initially about hat making inspired you to, to start making hats? Um, well, I went to undergrad for fashion design and then moved to New York to try and get into that business more in the ready to wear side of things. Um, and it's very difficult in New York, you know, it's a lot of competition. Um, and I just found that I wasn't quite finding the right fit for me. Um, and so then I ended up, you know, in another job doing a retail position. And I took the course at FIT um, just because I liked hats. It was nothing more than just like I was a hat wearer. And oh, okay. when I took that course, um, you know, I just like fell in love with the process mm-hmm. and the instructor and person who headed the millinery department at the time, her name was Ann Albrizio. And she was kind of this incredible, gruff, spinster lady who just like lived for making hats. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, she was great. She was super inspiring and taught us, taught me everything I know. And we, I would just take her class over and over again. She taught the blocking class. Well, she taught taught a lot of them, but like the blocking portion of it was what I really liked because it's kind of very hands-on it's like sculpting so at the time when you started making hats is it with that was it a time where people wore hats or or, you know because that must have been 
It was the early 90s. Yeah, it was the early 90s when I started, when I took the courses. And no, you know, hat wearing really had fallen out of fashion by the 60s. Um, but, you know, it, it's always come back and there's always been hat wearers. Um, so I did that in the 90s. And then in 2001 is when I opened the business. Um, mm -hmm. But prior to that, I worked with like um, a couple of designers in the downtown area. I would do hats for the runway shows and things of that nature. Um, and this, of course, was all pre-social media. So, you know, you just like, like meet someone at a bar and, oh, <laughs> and make a connection yeah. that way, you know. Um, and so then in 2001, I opened the shop and it was right at, I opened downtown and it was the month before 9-11. Um, and so my intention was to be a retail store and just make hats and be a vintage store. I had a lot, a big vintage collection and things, things like that. Cause that was my background. I was in retail. And when that happened, I had to pivot, um, or else I would have gone out of business. They basically shut down everything between 14th street and, you know, all the way to the world trade center site. So I applied to get into a trade show, um, which I got into and that's where I found like my first client base and went into the wholesale side of things from there. Oh, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of crazy. <laughs> but the, the hat making so you have a, was there a distinct uh, sort of design that, that, that you loved making or was it just being creative and trying different things? How did you start off? Um, so I really like, like the top hat sort of style. I know that's broad, but you know, sort of, if you think of like Stevie Nicks, that's, that's my style. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also in, when I was in at FIT learned about the thirties and forties, which was quote unquote, the heyday of the hat. Yeah. So, um, the blocks back then were spectacular. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they were very sculptural. The block makers were artists. Um, and so trying to marry sort of a modern look, but using old techniques. And I like to do a lot of handwork. So if you look on my website, there's a lot of hats with like a pleat or they looked kind of smushed up. So they get blocked. I don't do the blocking as much anymore by my the person who does my blocking but then i manipulate them once they're off the block so it's both a design um characteristic but it also helps when you're wearing the hats because you know you shouldn't wear a hat just I'm, i happen to be wearing this one kind of straight on but you know you really should have it tilted this style you should wear straight but most hats you want it to have a little bit of an angle some people aren't comfortable with that. So if there's like a pleat or a squishing down, it naturally fits on your head that way and looks much better. Um, so like there's something on the website called that Diablo. That's one of my best selling hats. It's been in the line for a long time and it's got that it's a top hat. It's got the pleating. It's kind of smushed up, um, meant to sort of just be worn whenever, not as like a top hat and you're going to the races or something. Oh, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, you must have also, because you talk about your tribe and the people that like what you do. So you must have probably your your regular clientele or people that come to you specifically for your hats. Oh, yeah. So 
mostly I'm a wholesaler. And so I sell to other shops. Um, the biggest clients are other hat shops. So they are, well, I shouldn't say other hat shops. I'm not really a hat shop. I are the hat shops. So let's stay in New York city. There's one called the hat shop. She's a very good friend of mine. Again, one of my mentors, she's also mentioned in my story. Um, and you know, her stuff, the stuff I send there, it's, I can send her anything. She has a huge client base, you know, they're hat wearers. So there's a difference between someone who goes to um, a boutique and buys an outfit and then she buys a hat or he, um, they are maybe a first time hat wearer or they're more uncomfortable in hats. And that's fine. I sell to those boutiques, but my real business and my real client base is at the hat shops because these are collectors. These are people who love hats. They wear hats every day and they don't want just the basic hat that you see, you know, honestly, something like this, you yeah. know, very basic flat brim. The Western style is very popular right now. It's been great for the hat business for all, for everyone, but the people who buy the hats at hat shops are buying something, you know, they want something special. They want something different. They want something handmade they want something that maybe is not going to be seen by or worn by anyone else you know so does that answer your question <laughs> yeah yeah because, <laughs> okay. and because i i find also i spoke to a hat maker in australia and we were talking about this you know that that the hat is is really something it um it has a story or it tells a story or people wear it like that you know that it's it's sort of part of you and and part of of um memories and and experiences that you wear the hats and do you find that also with with the clients or the oh people? absolutely i mean it's you know they're going to a music festival they're going to the derby they're going to a wedding they're going that's a great way to say it too like she's right on it's there's always a story behind a hat i wore this hat when i went to i met this person or i um you know, I went to this event or a lot of people wear it around music. Um, and mu musicians are also a lot of my client base. So there's some, some connection there with musicians or creative people tend to also be more into hats. And I don't know why that is, but, um, mm -hmm. I do have a client, he's out in, um, Arizona and he buys, top hats for his mother to wear at she's the the pastor's wife and she wears hats every sunday you know Amazing. and every week we make her a new beautiful top hat you know and it's for me you know he lets my creative juices run wild and um but it's very collaborative because you know we're making it to match her outfit and he has very specific design ideas so it's that also, I like to be put in a box sometimes and say, here are your parameters, make oh, yeah. it work. Yeah. So do you sometimes get the uh, uh, sort of, you make the hat for the outfit, but sometimes the outfit, you know, the hat comes first and then the outfit needs to be matched to the hat. Does that sure. happen? Some people, yeah. I mean, a lot of people buy their hat first, for sure. Because mm -hmm. if, again, if they're going to, let's say the hat shop, there's another shop, there's a shop called Brim in Ohio. There's another one in Boston called Selma Gundy. Like those clients are going there for their hat and then they'll, they'll work their outfit around it. It's almost secondary at that point. Yeah. 
So do you also look at people, can you, can you, you know, look at people and then see the hat and then think, okay, mm-hmm. this, this is what's going to suit this personality? Um, honestly, I can't just look at you and say, you should wear this one. Yeah. But when everyone comes into my shop, you know, so I do some very little, you know, sort of hands-on retail with the end user, but, you know, people can make an appointment and come in. Um, I just make them try on a bunch of hats and, sorry, I've got my foot uh, hand in the wrong spot. Um, I just make them try on a bunch. Um, and usually by the third, I know what's going to work for them. And then I can direct them to the right style. Um, um, you know, cause there's a lot about your face shape, your cheekbones. And also I can tell how comfortable you are. Some people can wear any hat, frankly, cause they just, they love hats. They know how to wear them. They throw them on their head. They look great. Um, other people, you can feel there's a little bit of, I don't know why there is, but there's something's very self-conscious people in hat wearing and so um those are the people that you know you just take a little bit more time to help them find something that they feel comfortable in that first hat or second hat that they buy and then once they start wearing hats then they can kind of expand their oh yeah horizons you know what i mean like that first time you wear a hat to a party and now you're talking you know you don't have to really do a lot to meet people because someone's going to come over and be like oh i love your hat and there you go Well, I, um, I, you know, I think also that it maybe it's because, like you say, in the 30s or the 20s, it was sort of part of it, part of our lives, the hats, you know, women oh, wore yeah. it more often, you were, you wouldn't go out really without a hat. So maybe now it's also different because we, we're not used to that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I do feel like after COVID, some people came out of COVID saying, I'm just going to wear sweatpants for the rest of my life. This is great. And then there's a group of people that came out being like, I'm dressing up every day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, like I am never going to put another pair of sweatpants on. I'm going to wear the crazy outfit that I always wanted to buy. I'm not going to be afraid. And those are my people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But can you see a, a very clear evolution in your work and you see where you started off and and uh, you know in in the years that that there are things that you've really um developed or or a style that you've developed that you can see well i mean my business changed a lot you know i think part of the reason why i'm still in business is that i kind of kept changing to keep up with the times Mm -hmm. so if it was up to me, I'd make top hats every day for everyone, but that would put me out of business. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the evolution is really just being open to new styles, to new trends. Um, I also do a lot of work for other hat designers now or other hat companies because we have a large block collection and we have a very, um, even though it's a small studio, we can pump out a lot of hats. So there's you know, hat makers who don't have the block collection. So we make their hats. I don't trim them and doesn't have my label in them, but we're blocking their hats because they don't have the facility. So part of it is just keeping the business going by being open to doing other things and different revenue streams. Um, 
as far as my own personal style, you know, or the sort of the cha-cha line, I do feel like at this point we've got our niche, so to speak. So, um, and I'll show you when we go downstairs, but I do a lot of leather piping on the brim. I do a lot of like the hand pleating and hand dyeing. That's what I'm known for. Um, when I try and get away from that, my customers bring me back. They're like, really? no, we want that stuff. Yeah. 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 So I think just we're constantly playing with dyeing techniques. You know, the unfortunate part of the hat business is that there's not as many options in the raw materials to make yourself stand out. You know, there's very few factories that make the felt. There's more that make straw, but you know, the felt is, it's a few here. There's a big factory in, you know, Czech Republic and, and Poland, but there's not a lot of diversity because hats took such a hit back in the day. So in order to make them interesting, the raw materials interesting, we do a lot of hand dyeing, um, dip dyeing and things like that. And, you know, I just have to keep fresh with, you know, going to flea markets and visiting the trim shops. And, you know, I have my suppliers, but I have to remind myself, like, you know, go check this out. Someone told you about this person to find something new and fresh. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. I also do a lot of collaborative work now, too, where in the beginning I didn't, you know, most again, most of the hat shops that I work with, the line that I'm creating for them is specifically for their shop. Um, so I work with the owner because, you know, the store in Boston versus the store in Ohio versus the store in New York, you know, that client base is completely different. But now New York is such a huge city and, and it must have, it must have been difficult for you to get established there and to, to make a name for yourself there when you first started off. Yeah, I mean, it took a while, um, but again, doing the wholesale and doing the trade shows opened up my world to other places, other people. You know, for a long time, I had um, a client in Japan. That was one of my first big clients. Um, and so a big part of my business for the first 10 years was all at the, in the Japanese. Oh, yeah. And then that kind of dried up. The Japanese economy changed. And so I had to you know, pivot again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing in the beginning too, I was lucky. Um, my studio was in the Lower East Side as it is now, but it was on the street and some um, costume designers just kind of walked by, found me and I was able to make hats. I worked with them making hats for like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake mm -hmm. and some celebrities who you know, they were in magazines and that also helped quite a bit in the beginning. Mm. But now, uh, are there still now uh, young people interested in hat making? Uh, is, is this something that's... Yeah, oh, for sure. Really? Yes, really? definitely. If you look on um, Instagram, um, you know, social media, it's all over. It's very Western based, but um, yeah, there's tons of young people getting into it and you know, um, it's like one of those crafts that people are get very interested and nerdy about, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. buying the blocks and all the tools. And it's um, it's a very dynamic um, process. And it 
works well on social media too because there's steam and there's you know oh, okay. yeah you know you're very physical when you're blocking especially mm. well this is i mean i never thought about that but it's really a form of art and it's it's i mean it's a craft to make it but it's really a a form of art and um and and you sort of miss that you know you you think of the designing and, and the clothing but you almost uh, miss the hat, you know, and then when you yeah. start looking and you're seeing, okay, this is really an, an art form. Yes, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. But now, why don't um, I take you downstairs? Yeah, please, please. That would Hopefully be great. I won't lose you in the stairs. No, don't worry. Then I'll I'll uh, re reconnect again with you. Okay. okay. There you are. Oh, wow. Sorry, you're gonna hear me talking to my. Yeah. So this is he's he's the blocker. Hi, Lois. Sorry. Hi. So this is the blocking room. Wow. So those are blocks. All those wooden molds. Yeah. Okay. So these are different sizes, dif- different sizes and shapes. Then. So different have, sizes and shapes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So for one for one shape, you have different sizes. Yes. Some shapes I don't like. The vintage pieces I do not because okay. they're just that's it, and there's no one yeah. to make them. So like something like this, yeah. you know, you see how old that is. That's probably from the 30s. I just have one of those. Okay. You know what I mean. <laughs> and then. So that's the blocking room. And they're and all made of wood, we... these blocks. Yes. Okay. Everything's made. I mean, you can get blocks made from, um, well, there's metal blocks. Obviously, there's, um, sorry, I'll, sh- I'll turn my camera back around. Um, there's hydraulics. So that's like where you make hats more, um, you know, like hats that are made in, a, a lot of them, you, you know, big hat companies, they use a hydraulic yeah. machine. Um, and then um, there's also like plastic and rubber, like people are definitely trying to, um, let me shut the radio. People are trying to use different materials and even um, like 3D modeling and things like that yeah. to come up with other ideas because there's not also not a lot of block makers left. Oh, I see. Okay, so the the block maker, you have to connect with the block maker to tell him exactly the shape that you want. You give the design, and you have the to, the block to be made. You can, or you can just buy from their collection. So, oh, I see. Um, okay, like there's a one I use a lot in um, the UK called Guy Moist Guy Morse Brown. They have a very nice collection of brims, crowns. Um, you know, just about anything you need, fascinators. But if I need something specific, I just send them the hat and then they make the block from the hat. But what I can see there in your studio, there's these uh, phases of the hat. So the first, Mm, how long, yeah, how long does it take from beginning to end? uh, It depends on the hat. So, you know, something like, here, I'll just show you. So these are just kind of a simple fedora. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's going to take me, you know, 10 minutes to block. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to dry and then it comes in and gets, you know, the, the brim is sewn with the wire. 
Um, I'd say every hat's probably about an hour. You know, we put the um, sweatband in and then these are just waiting to get trimmed. And then, you know, sort of like this collection, um, you see these more like cowboy styles with the snakeskin. So this is a collaborated collaborative collection that I do with a place in Texas, you know, you could see these are getting piping on the edge. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of detail going into these. So maybe these will take a little longer, mm. but you know, nothing's going to take me more than two unless it's a, everything is handmade. You know, I do have clients who want something that, um, turn this around, uh, you know, everything's sewn by hand, you know, maybe we're setting crystals into the veiling or something like that. Those will take longer, but we're doing sort of like made to order, but not high end couture, you know, like a Stephen Jones style hat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and the people that you, that work there in, so everybody has their own sort of section of of this process that they're making so it's not from yeah, start so, to finished one person right so you know lewis is the blocker he does that and he's yeah. teaching me i'm not teaching him anything um oh, okay. and then <laughs> yeah. um and then i have some people who are sewers and they mm-hmm. come in they usually most people don't know how to make hats there's not a ton of people who have that experience but they're experienced in sewing and I just teach them the techniques um mm. and then you know depending on how on how long they've been here is how many techniques they are able to pick okay. up yeah but now Chacha you've done so much and and it's just so inspiring to see your and 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 to read your story and to know your story how you started but uh what what are the wishes for you now for the future still hmm that's a good question um you know I just I'd like to just keep kind of doing what I'm doing and continue to increase the business you know keep it um keep it viable I hope people continue to wear hats I hope people um you know and figure out that it's sort of this fun um interesting way to express yourself and honestly quite happy doing what I'm doing it's super fun it provides a really great work-life balance um I meet great people it's there's not a lot that um I'm too worried about I don't know if that makes I really yeah (laughs) but you know what it um uh, also when I spoke to the hat maker in in Australia and and now speaking to you as well uh it's it's really I, I would love to to start wearing a hat it make you make it you make it sound so it, as if you have to have a hat <laughs> you yeah. know some, at some Good. point in your life you have to wear a hat so yes um, yeah <laughs> you see that style crone I mean that woman rocks a hat I know I follow her. I, I did the interviews well with her as well and it's she's absolutely stunning and and at her age and how she wears the hats uh, that's oh my god yeah her style is brilliant yeah Yeah. well this this would be my wish now that i'll um i can wear a hat so um i'm showing you this one this is for that client that i was telling you about in california um for his mom 
so this oh, is wow. just like a piece of vintage straw that I had bought years and years ago. Mm. Um, and we were on the phone and I was sending him pictures of different things, not meaning to show him this. And he just happened to see it, you know, sort of in the background and was like, yeah. what is that? I want that for my next set. So, it's fun. Amazing. No, this is amazing. But um, well done for you and, and for keeping this art form alive with, with all those beautiful hats that you make. And like I said, Thank you. This, yeah, this is my wish now. I'm going to, to uh, this is well, my wish for the future. To tell get me what hat. you want. I'll, yeah. so, I'll send you one. Okay. <laughs> Your first hat. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chacha. That's You're welcome. Thank you. So wonderful talking to you. And um, I hope to one day come to, to New York to visit you. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. You're more than welcome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Have, Have a, a lovely day. day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.